0: hello and welcome back to another episode of the take a trip podcast today's episode is a little different and yeah this is episode five by the way i'm going to be speaking about the evaporating people in japan yes this is a massive hidden society in japan and i'm also going to be speaking about the huge industry created especially to help people completely disappear from their lives without a trace So. We all know and love Japan to be this really bright, vibrant place with these really cool places to see. But behind the neon lights and beautiful scenery, there lies a very dark truth. You're probably thinking, how and why do people evaporate? Well, for a start, they don't turn into a cloud of steam, I promise. The term evaporating actually derives from the Japanese word johatsu, which translates to evaporation. This word is used to describe Japanese people who would intentionally vanish from their seemingly normal lives without a trace. This evaporation can be seen in a number of locations such as the UK, the USA and Germany. However, the number of people missing in Japan is the highest. So in 2015, Japan's National Police Agency registered 82,000 missing people. And in that same year, the UK had actually reported 300,000 missing people, even though we have a much smaller population. So how does this make sense? The UK has reported 300,000, but Japan has recorded 80,000. Does Japan just not have that many missing people? No, Japan's figures aren't that low because people don't go missing. And I wish that was the case. It's actually because there are no official databases for missing people in Japan. There is not one. So what is this hidden society and where is it? Well, it's actually right in front of all of us. These missing people are still alive and they're still roaming the streets of Japan. They're just hidden in the shadows. French journalist Léna Moa and Stephanie Bramael, I'm so sorry if I butchered that, they wrote a book and this book was amazing. It gave me a lot of insight into the evaporated people and it gave multiple accounts and stories of people that had previously evaporated and came out to tell their stories. In this book, I saw a really cool quote and it just explains the whole situation perfectly. Lena said, It's something you can't really talk about, but people disappear because there's another society beneath Japan's society. Japan's economy has been in absolute pieces since the 1990s, when there was an economic crash which caused a spike in suicides and missing people. It got so bad to the point where people were actually taking out loans from the mafia as the loans from the bank were either inaccessible to most or the interest was just too high for people to even want to take the loan out. So as we know, with the mafia comes a lot of pressure, especially where money is involved. So as you probably know, due to this, hundreds of thousands of people would choose to up and leave their lives forever. So I'm gonna list a couple of the most common reasons why these people would choose to evaporate depression, addiction, isolation, domestic abuse, gambling debt, religious cults, stalkers, job loss, and even failed exams. Now, I'm gonna take you on a trip to the entire Johatsu situation and how it would go down. I'm going to talk about what people actually have to do in order to completely abandon their current lives and live in a new reality as a new person. So I gathered as much information across the multiple stories told in the book The Vanished*, written by those two French journalists, and here's what I got. First, you're probably going to be in a really dark place. You're going to be in a place where you're not happy with your current life and you want to change it. The johatsu is a very taboo topic in Japan, along with other topics such as homelessness. But just because the johatsu is a taboo topic, it doesn't mean that it's not heavily considered. So to begin this whole process, you would have to contact the yonigeia, which translates to fly by night shops. Yep. There's an entire industry catered to helping people disappear. And you contact the Yonigaya online via their websites or you just drop by in person. So money-wise, you're looking at around 50,000 to 300,000 yen to disappear. And that translates to around 450 to 2,600 US dollars. And that's just for their services. The cost will vary depending on the amount of possessions that you have, and also if kids are involved or if it's across a long distance. So if you decide to take this offer and this route, the Yonegea will often supply you with food, tickets and transport to wherever you need to go to start your new life. They gather all your belongings into a van and just like that, you vanish into thin air. Your family at home will not hear or see from you again and you're going to enter a village where you can live with absolutely no ID. Obviously, because you can't have any ID, you're limited to working for yourself or working for cash in hand jobs to earn some more money. You're literally hidden in plain sight and a lot of the evaporated people will go to reside in a cheap hotel room or others end up living on the street in derelict areas. See, the downfall with the hotel rooms is that it's actually a lot easier for you to be tracked because the police are aware that recently evaporated people will stay at very cheap, small hotels so also in lena and stephanie's book they retold the story of a man called hashi who decided to evaporate himself and he had a very interesting ending to his story because he actually chose to return home so this chapter followed hashi he had evaporated for 26 years and he spoke about how everyone in his block of apartments were just suddenly evicted because the local government had decided to knock down his block of apartments and build some more bigger fancy Are more modern flats in place of them. So Hashi was speaking about these men in suits that arrived and basically said, you better get out before it's too late. And Hashi felt like he had absolutely nowhere to go. He was living with his wife at the time, and his wife actually decided to go back to her parents' house to get away from this whole situation. Hashi just felt completely trapped. Um, Financially, he wasn't doing so great. He didn't know whether he should sell the apartment or if he should just move out and find somewhere new. All of this stress just slowly led down to him writing a note and leaving it on the table for his wife to find. This note read, I feel guilty, I'm leaving. I'm sorry for putting you through this. Don't wait for me, I'll never forget you. And just like that, Hashi left with nothing other than a rucksack with a rope inside of it, and he headed towards the famous suicide forest. I think we can all kind of guess where he was about to go and what he was about to do. But on his walk, an old man actually found him passed out on the floor. And Hashi mentioned that the old man had brought him home to recover. This old man had fed him, had treated him. And Hashi said that he guessed that he wasn't the first person, you know, that the old man had found in the suicide forest in that state. He then gave Hashi some money, and Hashi boarded a train to Tokyo. When he reached the Tokyo station, he said that he walked out to find some, quote, awkward guys in a van, motioning for me to come in. He entered the van, and before he knew it, he was laboring and living in a camp filled with other people who had also decided to evaporate. There were also police raids at these camps, but luckily for Hashi, he wasn't there during one of them, so he still remains a free man. But, like I said, at the end of Hashi's story, he decides to go back home. He visited his mother and father-in-law, or should I say ex-mother and father-in-law, who were shocked to see him. He said that he was missing teeth and he just looked really dishevelled and it was clear that he had just come off of the streets. He said that his ex-mother and father-in-law didn't know how to react and they were just exchanging these glances as if to say oh my god he's not dead he's right here in front of us these people told hashi that his wife had been looking for him for 10 years she was hunting high and low for 10 years before she decided to pronounce him dead which by the way you can pronounce someone dead in japan after just seven years of them being missing So after he was pronounced dead, his wife had found love elsewhere and she ended up remarrying and settling down with multiple children. And as for Hashi's parents, well, sadly they both passed away and they were cremated. All of this happened just in the span of 26 years. I feel like when someone is no longer in our lives we often forget that life just continues as normal for them too and hashi was actually one of the very few people who decided to reach back to his old family however most people who choose to disappear remain hidden for the rest of their lives it's literally as if japan has a hidden civilization because they do and i bet there's millions and millions of people on the streets living in the shadows who have evaporated and it just seems almost impossible that in a busy place like japan you can just disappear like that but it's not that hard it's actually kind of easy in the book i also came across a really strange thing that people tend to do out there so well at a lot of these japanese catholic weddings a lot of people's family members have actually evaporated themselves so instead of just inviting everyone else in their family who wasn't evaporated they choose to get a replica of the person who had evaporated so for example I'm in Japan and I want to get married to my boyfriend if my dad had evaporated I would bring in someone that looks just like my dad to come to the wedding and act as my dad for the day they literally rent people to mimic those who have evaporated from their lives which is actually really sad and also really kind of strange as well in a lot of documentaries I was actually really moved by how much pain and grief some families go through and I saw in one documentary a man whose brother had boarded a ferry and was never seen again afterwards. Nobody ever showed up so they figured that he had evaporated as well and seeing how much guilt his brother felt was actually really sad because it's also really traumatic just having to go through one of your families just suddenly leaving your life and never coming back. And like I said in the case of Blessing Ola Sagan, when people can't get closure about their loved one's disappearance or a strange manner of death, it's like a deep wound that just seems to open again and again and again and it never really heals properly because there's always that question in everyone's mind. What if? I'm going to link the website of the Missing Persons Search Support Association down below. Now this is a non-profit that actually helps families reconnect and at least locate where their loved ones are and find out if they're alive or not. They help the families through their grief and honestly they're just a really great bunch of people that are there to help. Now there's another discussion about missing people that we haven't had yet and that is the privacy laws and just generally the culture in Japan and how it impacts when someone goes missing. Now we already mentioned before that there is no missing persons database in japan and you would think with somewhere where there's such a massive amount of suicides each year and missing people that they would at least have a database but it's a little bit more complicated than that well they actually have privacy laws that will protect what information you're actually able to hand out in public so for example if i had a friend who had gone missing and i want to search around and figure out if people had seen them nearby i would want to go out with a missing persons flyer right with a photo of them their height their hair colour, what they look like, their name, where they lived. Well, you can't do that in Japan. The privacy laws make it really hard for you to distribute images and names and any personal information about someone. And if you actually go to someone and present this information, you can risk getting yourself in a lot of trouble. I feel like if someone intentionally goes missing though, and they don't want to be found and they state that they don't want to be found, then you should definitely let them be, especially if they're safe and healthy. But on the other hand, I do worry a lot about the people who choose to not go missing people who could have been abducted or kidnapped. And you know, no one is able to search for these people because of the privacy laws and just the general attitude towards the Johatsu situation. And it must be scary knowing that anything can happen to you on the streets of Japan. And if you go missing, no one's gonna search for you because if there's no body found, they don't really see it as a cause for concern. And that side of the spectrum is really, really messed up. But, you know, each place on this planet has their own belief systems and laws, and it's really not my place to state if it's appropriate or not, because honestly, it's none of my business. But what I do know is that there are families who are grieving the loss of their loved ones, and they deserve answers. Like I said on the other end of the stick, people who are in abusive households or people whose lives are in danger would benefit a lot from this whole privacy act situation because it means that the person causing them harm or people causing them harm are not able to actually track them down to where they've relocated. It really blows my mind that there's an entire industry surrounding the johatsu and at first glance i thought they'd be really shady and weird about it but in all honesty they just seem like really nice people who are keen on helping you know get others out of sticky situations at home i saw one episode i think it was al jazeera 101 east they did a segment on the johatsu and there was a woman that owned a night moving company and she helped this woman and her daughter get out of an abusive household and in that sense it is very helpful and I praise these people a lot because if it wasn't for them then a lot more damage and harm could have been done to the people in this household. Their goal just generally seems to give a person or sometimes an entire family just another shot at life. And that, ladies and gents, was the evaporating people of Japan. And like I said before, at first glance, it does sound and look really shady, but the more I read into people's stories and personal accounts, the more I realized that they're honestly just normal people who just want another start at life. You know, Japan is a very hard place in the sense where if you start to fail financially and even socially, you'll be looked down on. And, you know, it's very hard to get your finances up in a place where the economy is completely destroyed. Honestly, it's saddening that people have reached that level in their life where they'd rather risk losing everything they know and love than continue to live with it. So yeah, that was episode 5 of the Take A Trip podcast. I'm sorry this episode might be a little bit shorter than I usually like, but I've been really busy this week with lots of appointments and other boring stuff, so... I wasn't able to make a long episode as i wanted to but next week i've got a good juicy one for you um i hope this episode made some kind of sense and i'm always interested in other cultures so expect a couple more episodes like this in the future so yeah thank you for listening again if you would like to contact me and talk about this just hit me up at take a trip podcast on instagram or if you hit the link in the show notes down below you can actually see all of my other social medias and i'm also very excited to tell you that there are visuals making their way to the take a trip podcast too yes i'm gonna be doing a nice little face reveal and there's gonna be a youtube channel for the podcast too so hopefully on episode 10 there will be a nice little face reveal and you get the whole shebang but just letting you know that's in the works and it's gonna be here soon so like i said if you could just follow me on whatever you're listening to me on right now you'd be able to keep updated with when those visuals come out and i'm telling you it's going to bring a whole new level to this podcast so thank you for making it this far again i am so grateful for all of the support if you could drop me a little review on apple podcast that would be amazing i would really appreciate that it helps me read a wider audience as we know and i love to scare people i'll see you next week for another interesting case and i think next week this case is going to be a little bit longer. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled. Thank you for listening to the Take A Trip podcast. I'm your host Leah and I'll see you again soon. Bye!